if you fuck around with us, if you do something bad to us, we are going to do things to you that have never been done before. You want answers? I think I'm entitled to You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! <clears throat> never stop fighting for what you believe in and for the people who care about you. Carry yourself with dignity and pride. Demand the best from yourself and be totally unafraid to challenge entrenched interests and failed power structures. Body. Welcome to episode 15 by me, your host, Ray, at QTARS FM, and also our new host, who's been upgraded from guest to host, Gabriel. He's back again. We are joined today. Thank you. Yes. Welcome, welcome. We are joined today by Mohammed and Courtney, and we are going to be discussing all sorts of different things. I'm very, very excited. Um, we're going to be discussing everything from BLM, the organization, to uh, critical race theory, <coughs> to all of kind of like what's going on right now in America. And to be honest, it like seeping out into the world as well, um, especially with what's going on in South Africa right now. So, um, yeah. yeah, welcome, guys. Thank you for coming. Hey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> so today is going to be a little bit different i'm gonna um hand over the lead to gabriel today so i get to sit back a little bit and chill out which is always nice mm -hmm. or i want to be a little bit of a moderator um the the whole <coughs> point of this podcast i think is to kind of give the other side of what you're not seeing being pushed by the mainstream media and real voices that needed to need to be heard right now and for whoever may be, whoever needs to hear it, send it to them, show it them. Because, you know, Mohammed and Courtney are very, very real. They're sat here right in front of us. And I'm sure they've got plenty to say. So enjoy it. And I'll hand it over to you now, Gabriel. So go ahead. Yeah, Mohammed and Courtney, this is wonderful. And one of the main reasons we'd love to have you on is because it seems like African-American voices that don't fit the narrative that the mainstream media is trying to propagate to the world are being shut down. And that kind of bothers me because they're kind of acting like if uh, you've got darker skin, you have to conform to the narrative that they're displaying on CNN or Fox, even Fox News, um, mm -hmm. MSNBC. And I want to hear firsthand your experience um, <laughs> having darker skin in America. What's that like? And before we go there, who can, can you tell me a little bit about yourselves and uh, your li life? I know, Courtney, you've written a book recently that I can't wait to hear a little bit about. Okay, well, so I teach, I actually am a high school teacher. I've taught every grade under the sun. I actually do ESL, so I work with um, students from around the world, especially like a lot of refugee students. Um, some mm -hmm. of the best students that you'll ever be blessed to have are students that really like appreciate their education. <clears throat> Um, so, but I've also been very involved in like the whole, um, you know, critical race theory type of indoctrination. Um, and mm. I, 
uh, I have my master's, so I, I went through that indoctrination for a while. Uh, but as of like February 2020, I became more conservative. It was, it was this weird thing where I was on Facebook one day and these videos I had never seen before started showing up. It was like things like Liberty Hangout and like PragerU and I got like really super deep in this rabbit hole about abortion and um, I don't know, that tripped me out. So that was February 2020 and then uh, the pandemic happened and so all of that kind of started tying in together like child abuse and the whole situation with all of that um, and COVID. Um, and just kind of the agenda to like depopulate the earth. So um, that's when I became more conservative was like February, 2020. And then I saw my neighborhoods literally burned down. Like I could walk out my door and there were like Black Hawk helicopters and um, the Midway was on fire in St. Paul. And so um, that was very triggering for me seeing statues burned down and things mm. like that. So, um, I've traveled the world. I go to Europe every summer. I feel like I, I speak multiple languages. Um, I have a wide variety. I have a wide perspective on the world and, um, I work directly with children in inner city communities and have for pretty much my whole life. So yeah, that's, that's a little bit of my background and yeah, I did just write a book. So we'll talk about it later, but, um, yeah, right I got, on. I published myself, so. You're nice. amazing. And it's always hard to change perspectives. I wouldn't even consider myself a conservative, just a free thinker. But at this day and age, a free thinker usually is named a conservative. Um, so there's a lot uh, to unpack there that I'd love to come back to later on. Muhammad, how about you? Yeah, well, I guess the, exactly the piggyback on what you just said, I've always considered myself a free thinker. I never really had any kind of political standing. Um, for a while, I was more so a Trump supporter than I even was a conservative. You know, like for me, like uh, um, I was born and raised uh, Muslim when I was a kid, and then I converted to Christianity very young. And so I always had questions about like, what is God? Who is God? Why is God? And and um, from there, like I was basically just questioning any and everything you know that came. And so like. 9-11, you know, I watched it happen when I was a kid, you know, in high, uh, in uh, elementary school. And then from there, I was like, something's off, you know. And then I was just looking into everything since I was, like, in middle right. school growing up, you know. So oh, I was wow. always thinking to, like, think for myself. There's actually a quote that I live by. Um, it's believe nothing that you hear and only half of what you see, which is from Benjamin Franklin. And um, so I was always thinking for myself. But then when it came to Trump... You know, in the whole political atmosphere, once he was running for president, I was like, okay, I didn't care about him. I didn't even vote for him. I didn't care about Hillary. I didn't care about any of them. I thought that they were all corrupt, both sides, right? Right. And then yeah, out of nowhere, I saw like a, a, a interview or something from him when people were asking about the elites, and he was like, the elites. He's like, I make more money than them. He's like, they. I'm in, I'm in no one's pocket, and I was like, wait, did he just call out the shadow government? This guy's going to yeah. die. Like, who is this dude, you know? And then so I started following him, and I was like, oh, he's making promises. Obama made a bunch of promises. And then next, you know, one after another, he was keeping them. And I'm like, okay. He gave so much money. I think it was like $250 million to uh, HBCUs uh, a year. They never had to go back and ask again. You know, and he started, like, uh, meeting with these leaders in his first month as president. And I'm like, whoa, he actually kept that promise immediately. 
you know, and, and I just continued following him and I was like, shoot, like I should have voted for this guy, but I mean, I, I'm glad he's president now, you know? So right. since then I kind of started like becoming more conservative and like my um, political standpoints. Um, but I've always, again, been like a, a free thinker, like you said. So I feel like, I feel like the, like us as conservatives now, I feel like, you know, we're more like classic liberals or libertarians, but what that has become is so like overly progressive that we have to like go further toward the rights to like try to label ourselves because it's like when I realized that these people are like ravenous about abortion, it's not just about like, oh, women's rights. It's like about we are desperate to get abortions. You know, I was like, you guys are tripping. And I like I came <laughs> up as a liberal, like for real. That's why I can be like super super nasty like my book is like not friendly or nice at all you know it says things like um like antifa looks like they have piss buckets next to their beds because it does that is what they look like like i don't know so um uh what else is i gonna say about that um i'm just grateful that like when trump and hillary were running against each other i was like okay i'm done with media because this is all corrupt whatever i stopped looking at media for probably like for like three years up until you know early 2020 on honestly where i was like able to accept that trump was actually doing something good right so i hadn't built up this three years of like anger and rage over donald trump um so i was able to accept that oh maybe everything they were telling me was a lie so if you mm. were watching that the whole time i mean how could you possibly accept that this right. human was decent in any way shape or form Wow. Okay, Courtney, first off, you're like a unicorn because <laughs> you're a school teacher, you grew up liberal, and you're African-American. They, they don't exist, being conservative. So that's amazing, and that's why we need the voice out there. And mm -hmm. uh, so maybe we'll get to abortion. Uh, that's a big one, but um, for now, I don't think any of us voted, the Americans here, sorry, Ray, voted for Trump in 2016. I didn't, and I was no. the same way. I was kind of observing. I thought it was kind of amusing that this internet troll got elected president because I hated the system. <laughs> I mean, Hillary is a bad woman, so I didn't want her. I think I voted for Bernie and Ron Paul as VP. It's like a joke. Mm. I know, I know. It looks worse. <laughs> Come on, things have changed in the last four years. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to get to has the color of your skin affected your lives and if so how has it and who have you experienced racism from and in what form and i know okay. it's kind of a loaded question but so i have never experienced more racism in my life than i had in 2020 when i saw memes that were like oh minneapolis is so gangster we burned it all down and we're gonna clean it all up i'm like that's the most racist shit i've ever heard oh black people are this and that you know this is your narrative black girl that's the most racist shit i've ever heard oh we burned down your neighborhood in the name of love i'm like the only people that burned down my neighborhood is the clan but at least they i would be much happier if they just came in and did it with their white hoods on it and with one objective you know but like antifa or clan tifa they just like say that it's in the name of love so that is like way more sick twisted and satanic than the yeah. clan you know what i'm saying um so throughout my life i do actually feel like yeah maybe like you know in the 90s and shit like i really did have to work twice as hard i had to prove myself i had to show because i grew up in white schools and stuff i felt like it was 
and my family told me these th same things. I felt like it was kind of my duty to show white people that black people could be, you know, X, Y, Z type of way. So as that was very damaging, you know, it also did open up the minds of lots of white people to see like, you know, like in my neighborhood when I was growing up. So, but after, okay, so I went to college with zero discrimination, basically, you know, I went to college with all different races of people that was 10 years ago or so. And like, within the 10 years that I've been out of college, there's something that's been accelerated to where it's just like this weird, like racial, like, I don't know, I don't know. It's really like hostile or something, which is weird to me. Um, I remember being in college and I, I remember uh, talking about white privilege and I remember my professor agreeing with me over this white dude who was trying to say, hey, I've never had any privilege in my life. I grew up poor. And like me and the professor, like both like basically shut him down and told him that yes, he was privileged because he was white. Honestly, I look for this person today so I can apologize for that moment. Like it was so long ago, but I regret it so much because that is the liberal indoctrination, you know, where your professor will go toe to toe and say, no, this is what's right. And you are privileged to, to degrade white people, you know? So it's, I don't know, it's really crazy because what I see happening when it comes to silencing my voice because I'm black, that's also happening to white people in, in I feel like in, in worse ways to me. I feel like it's very, geno that's genocidal rhetoric, so. It is, yeah. and I have a follow-up question, then we'll get to you, Muhammad. Um, that's, do you, do you feel like racism was kind of starting to disappear and somehow it came back in a stronger form? I do, I do. Here's the thing. When I was applying for colleges, I knew I'd get in because I was black, you know? That was, you know, whatever. I, I mean, I had good grades, but I knew I was like, oh, psh, they need another black person at this college. That really was how it was. But if you go to any college campus, they really, they filled their quota two times over, you know what I'm saying? So. Right. That shit is over to me, as far as I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. That you know, that shit is over. So uh, I don't know. I don't remember so, the question. I, <laughs> you you nailed it. I if so racism right now, it seemed like it was going out the door. Even if there was maybe one percent, probably a lot less of people who are legitimately racist. Most of them are over. They're the boomers. They're over sixty. They're heading out the door anyway. Yeah, who gives uh, a fuck what they, they think? Like, people. nobody. Yeah. And I grew up poor, and I didn't get any scholarships for college because I was white. And my family didn't have a lot of money, but um, I didn't get any help going to college. And I've never grown up... Um, I've never judged somebody by the color of their skin. I've always judged them by their character. And I get that there are disproportionate situations, and you... You, in two ways, you lived the American dream because you worked your ass off, you got your master's, you were in a great position, I would guess, and um, you're a really healthy, free thinker with all the privileges of every other American in the country. Well, I mean, and I grew up with a hell of a lot more than a lot of my white friends. Like, my mom was a principal until she died. She was making six figures. Like, we lived, we moved into one of the biggest houses in our city. Like, that's why I'm like, oppression fucking where, you know? Of course there's like, 
problems that you deal with. The issue that it is with liberals is they have this idea that everyone is supposed to coast through life with no problems, when really it is that problems are what create great people and create change, right? So mm -hmm. they, don't, they have this bizarre expectation that everything should be easy for everyone at all times. And I just think that's absurd, you know? So the, the, the issues that I dealt with, you know, you learn from those things and you grow, you, you know, you sack up and you, and you do better. Yeah. yeah well said. Yeah. Very well said. Uh, and then Muhammad, uh, have you experienced racism while you've been here in America? Are you a first or second generation? Um, right now, uh, my family's pretty much been like, uh, uh, in this country since slavery, you know, like my great 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 grandmother, like oh, wow. like they were slaves. Um, on my mom's side, my father he's Puerto Rican. Um, he's like half Puerto Rican. My grandfather was actually um, he, he he was he was Black American, so I'm like a third Puerto Rican or whatever. Um, yeah. But experiencing racism here, it's pretty interesting. Like um, being born and raised in in the South. You know, like uh, uh, like North North Florida. You know, but I was also in South Florida. You know, most of my family's from like Georgia, that kind of area. Um, you'd imagine, given the narrative of how racism seems to be, you know, assumed to be prevalent there, that you would experience it there. But I've experienced the most hospitality ever from the South. But it was only until I came out here that I really started to experience like uh, some aspects of of racism or prejudice. You know, but the majority of it, my entire life, I've ever experienced was from other black people. You know, like my whole life, I was that kid who was in the hood listening to Lincoln Park and System of a Down, you know, all these like, you know, classic, you know, like, like 90s rock yeah. bands and stuff. Yeah. And I'm over here blasting, you know, like crawling in my skin, <laughs> you know, and then like all the dudes are like, oh. Like, like uh, even my white friends would say, oh, I'm blacker than you because I listen to Tupac and I, I'm blacker than you because I listen to this, I listen to that. And then, like, some people are like, oh, you're not really black or you don't really act black. You don't really sound black. It's like, so black is, it, we have to all sound, like, stupid. We all have to sound, we have to all sag our pants. We have to all be a certain way. Like, that's the most racist thing I ever heard, like, my whole life, you know, like, uh, I was always that, um black dude who wasn't black enough you know so much so that actually one time like um i got I almost got in a fight with someone because uh they were telling me i wasn't black enough or whatever and i was like oh you want, to show, want me to show you how black i am and i got in his face and he was all like no please, 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 please. <laughs> so for me like like majority of my life like that's been my experience um but i've never experienced racism from a white person i've experienced uh ignorance you know i've experienced you know, like, um, people would say, like, oh, I didn't know black people did that. It's like, in my mind, I was like, why wouldn't a black person do that? And I was like, you know what? This isn't very common. So maybe they just don't know. They're not racist. They don't hate me. They don't have any animosity against me. They're just, like, they just truly don't understand. You know, <laughs> so never experienced actual racist, you know, comments or anything like that from anyone else besides, like, black people or a white person, Hispanic person, who is telling me I'm not black enough. <laughs> that does seem wow. to be, it does seem to be like a really, sorry to jump in, um, mm. a really common answer. That's why when you said it, I nodded my head because I've heard it so many times 
that you seem to experience the most from um from other black people people you yeah. know and i imagine the abuse you've maybe got for being free thinkers and not thinking the same as them mm -hmm. is horrific too the stuff that i've heard like you know they'll say uncle uncle tom and like all that kind <laughs> of stuff um because you're not you're not black enough it's sort of like you just don't think like me it's nothing to do with skin color you know but sorry yeah. go ahead Gip. yeah no yeah no, yeah, yeah, yeah like huh? go for it okay yeah because like, I'll, I'll be called uh uh a house nigga i'll be called coon uncle tom or, or they'll say oh why are you cooning right now or you know and it's like seriously like 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 number one like what do you gain from saying that you know and and then when i quote you know like uh uh notable black uh men in history that agree with my perspective like 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 um like booker t washington a lot of what malcolm x had said a lot yeah. a lot of what Martin king had said you know, you know, uh, Herman Cain, uh, Ben Carson, uh, uh, Thomas Cole, you know, and, and I'm like, so they're coons too? Like, like, like what? Uh, yeah, this comes down to the media narrative, which is the next talking point, actually. The media mm -hmm. narrative and the way they're twisting it. Um, okay, we've kind of covered it, but is race an issue you believe is the most important thing to be focused on right now? And if not, what might be more effective to be focusing on? For instance, drugs, drug trafficking, or um, uh, poor education systems, or if, if race isn't the most important issue to be focusing on with any African-American community, any immigrant community, any Native American community, what would be a better issue to spend our time on and try developing more conscious awareness of? I would say the agenda behind why they're trying to make that important is probably the biggest issue of all because, you know, that whole divide and conquer thing. Um, <laughs> also, you know, the, the racist rhetoric against white people is very scary. Like I said, we have, well, I wrote this second book, but we'll talk about that later, but... <laughs> Like I say, we have plenty of spirituals for y'all. You guys need to rise up and overcome because they are trying to genocide your ass. That is the only kind, like the rhetoric they're saying is white supremacy is the blah, 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 the biggest threat to our democracy or whatever, you know? I mean, they've already stripped you guys' cultures away. Most of you don't know whether you're, you know, English or uh, French or Dutch or whatever, you know? So they've stripped your culture away. None of you know your languages. I mean, like, I speak German, Dutch, French, Italian, you know? And, like, nobody white that I know really speaks those languages, you know? They've never been to those countries and shit. And so just the, the whole stripping away of your culture um, and then uh, uh, basically campaigning against you is very genocidal. It's very, very sick. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we've seen this in history before, haven't we? Mm -hmm. What? We've seen this in history. Before. Right, multiple times over, right. So I'm like, mm -hmm. well, that kind of rhetoric, that's what they said about black people, that we were inherently bad, we were born certain ways, and blah, 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 and that we're a threat to the community and all this shit. They did that to black people, so 
whether whether or not people give a damn about white people, they should care because they're next. You know what I mean? So if they're saying that shit about white people, then I'm next. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm. I've got a, a off the cuff question. Um, so say when generally it is left leaning liberal people say it's not possible to be racist towards white people what would you you guys' response be to that i think maybe it's because they've tried to change the definition of racism right so i always knew the definition was racism to be um judgmental or prejudice against somebody else with a different skin color and they changed it to like the is it like the systematic um oppression Oppression. of 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 uh colored people (laughs) and so that means that well whites are not involved in that but then obviously on the other hand people say things like um just as an example in the in the uk right now england lost in the final of the euros and the players who missed the penalties were black and apparently they've received a lot of racist abuse well Mm. if if the definition of of racism is not judging someone on the skin color and it's something to do with a systematic whatever is it is it racist abuse well yeah it would be so can you like give us what let's go back to the first question that i asked without going on off on my tangent as usual um what would you say as a response to somebody who would say it's not possible to be racist to white people would say yes the fuck it is now did you see those videos of those white people kissing black people's shoes and shit like i am not with that shit back like i said when i was growing up maybe you could say you know black people can really only be prejudiced because we don't have as much you know uh power in government socioeconomically whatever whatever you know okay fine but not not today shit i swear to god i swear Mm. to god if i went outside to my liberal ass neighborhood i could find a white person to like cook me dinner and clean my house just because they felt bad about being white. And I would never do something like that. But like, I bet you I could. And that just shows, you know, kind of who has the upper hand. I don't know. Mm-hmm. In, in yeah. some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, um, it, it's, it's kind of twisted, you know, like, um, oh, just because of your skin color that you can't you know, um, be critic. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm totally brain farting. Sorry. It's like prejudice. You're black. You can't be racist. Apparently, that's the whole narrative, right? Because you don't hold the power, right? That's the whole thing. And so it it, it just blows my mind that that's even uh, a, an issue. Because if you look right now, what's happening all over Oakland, all over California, and in, in in New York, you see black people in droves um, beating up Asian people, right? And you see so many attacks against Asians, but yet all the narratives I see out here, because again, I'm in San Francisco, so there's like a, a huge Asian population out here. All over the city, I hear, I see signs saying, stop Asian hate, right? White I'll people see, are doing it. Yeah. Uh-huh. They're saying like yes. white, white supremacists are running around beating Asian yeah. people up. Yeah. And, and they're talking about the history of racism against asians not what's happening right now they're talking about the history oh the history of, of, of racism against asians in america like no no like why are you being deflective like call out the individuals that are actually attacking you right i think that's the only form of visible physical racism i've seen 
in America my entire life. Mm-hmm. I've not seen or heard of a white person or a group of white people going to the hood and beating up black people anytime in like the last like 20, 30, 40 years or whatever. Maybe like in the late 70s, there was still it was still happening. You know, there was still like some ver- reverberations post civil, you know, uh, civil rights act. But um, and my grandma was telling me about that too. Like she was she was a lifeguard in Florida, and um, and there were a lot of pools um, around the, the '60s that black people weren't allowed to go to because you know white people would be like, "Oh, you're freaking you know disgusting, whatever." And even after they un- uh, uh, unsegregated those schools, I mean, th- sorry, those pools, um, if a black person would come into the the, the pool. In, in like the 70s, the white people would all leave, you know, or they'll like tell them to leave or whatever, even though it wasn't legal. But you don't see that happening, you know, today, you know, not even remotely. Like the concept no, of, no. oh, white supremacy is, is the, uh, the, the number one issue, you know, um, it's like, no, like what in the, the heck? Because you don't see white people doing those things. Like I, I've had friends who were, who were racist that i was literally friends with actually one of them now um he had like a swastika on his shoulder back in, in high school and this kid caused this whole race war thing going on and that was interesting and now he and i are homeboys and he apologized for how he used to be you know and and um uh like he 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 repented from his ways you know which is pretty interesting and um now he's like getting all this hate you know, uh, um, from other black people, and he's trying to call them out. And they're like, "Oh no!" Like basically telling him that, like, it's not racist. You know, the things that they're saying towards him, just because he's white. You know, and and that's just, uh, it's so it blows my mind. Like how people really think that that's how it is. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, a short. So I work with a few people. Uh, one of them is an immigrant from Sudan. And the other one is uh, African-American that's been here since slavery. And neither mm. of them, they live very privileged lives. They come from good families, both parents still together, or they have good yeah. parents, good family structure. And um, I don't really blame them for this. In the same way when that guy said something kind of ignorant and asked you, Muhammad, and mm. you kind of hesitated and you're like, wait, they just don't know. Um, it's opposite with them. They've spent too much time in college, indoctrination centers, or mm. uh, working, just paying the bills, where they haven't really had time to think about the narrative and what we're being fed, literally shoved down our throats by every every commercial, every advertisement, every celebrity, mainstream media. And both of them think that um, systematic racism is a real thing, meanwhile living in perfectly like perfectly good lives Uh, if you didn't know my skin color and their skin color you wouldn't be able to tell the difference in our lives and Mm -hmm. but they they are both completely like oh you're anti-black lives matter like no of course all lives matter i'm not anti-black lives matter or any life um what i'm anti is the organization how it's set up as a whole so the next conversation i'd like to ask you two about um is the whole george floyd case and the Black Lives Matter, and we were talking about the violence against Asians, a lot of the people rioting, they're not peaceful protests. Everybody knows that. (laughs) Is that doing help or harm to the movement of disproportionate 
disparages between African Americans and Caucasians? Uh, or is it doing more help? And why is the media like why are people being released from jail on bail if they're rioting and and a white person wouldn't get away with that we all know that unless they're uh, so. antifa clan tifa i love that not heard that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can get out straight well, away I mean, yeah well first and foremost fuck george floyd you know i think that he's a woman a, a woman abuser i'm sure he's a child abuser i'm sure you know the the yeah. shit that he did that's just all he got caught doing you know what i mean like mm. uh i don't appreciate you know people pumping drugs into my community making my communities unsafer so if you live a criminal's life you die a criminal's death whether that's by another criminal or the police or a drunk driving accident because you're fucking too high to be driving or whatever and you roll your car whatever it is you mm. fuck around like that that's to be said whatever happened to things you know phrases like you booze you lose you know you fuck up you know suck it up and take your your punishment like i don't know mm. so fuck george floyd um the my neighborhood should not have burned for him um too many white people at either participating in the riots or advocating in the riots in the name of of justice and love for black people is way more sinister than just saying hey i hate niggers and i'm gonna burn it down i'd much rather have you do that than to come in and try to hug me while you throw you know a flamethrower behind my back like that's fucked up so didn't it kind of look like an a bunch of emotional toddlers throwing a tantrum <laughs> and it wasn't it was, it was white people and black people like uh yeah. a lot of the outraged activist progressives were out there too just for an excuse to burn down buildings and i'm not happy with the system either but i'm not going to use my anger as an excuse to go burn things down that's just not how a progressive society should act so it's kind of hypocritical yeah. in there for yeah right so all of the i was just going to say the thing that broke my heart you can go ahead after Courtney, but the thing that broke my heart was seeing white people burning down black owned businesses and also yeah. and also yeah. attacking and black people were doing it too but mainly it was antifa clantifa we all know that um but the looting as well of of it and then obviously like you've got the um death of david dawn as an just one example of him getting caught up and being shot and left to die in the road yeah. he was a black police officer off duty or retired i think but that broke my heart seeing and and i and i remember saying something on facebook this was when it all started and oh god facebook's full of people who would never agree with anything that i say here um mm. and they honestly said that sometimes you have to use force to get your point across so it's okay for them to burn it down it's okay there was even like they were even burning houses weren't they with with or yeah. shops with the apartments above with kids in and people didn't believe it was happening because it wasn't on the news and anyway yeah that broke my heart go ahead courtney so yeah i do talk about david dorn in my book um and another officer there were so many that were hurt though during the riot so yeah that was the, definitely really bad things happened during that time a lot of kids died during that time um but yeah there's no justification for the only people who historically who have burned down who have destroyed black economies destroyed black neighborhoods livelihoods um made it so mothers i mean they shut down public transportation mothers couldn't get 
diapers for their kids and formula, whatever prescriptions that they needed. And these are single black mothers who their city is shut down for a week and there's no way that they can get around and take care of their kids. Grocery stores are closed and boarded up. I mean, the only people that do that are sick satanic racists. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I'm just that shit and when it comes to the destruction especially of like the statues okay if you're gonna tear something down make sure you have something that's good to replace it or make sure that there's some sort of education that happens there there's something to replace it because just destroying things it just destroys lives so that's my stance on it mm. well said well said yeah Mohammed, any comments uh, uh yeah yeah like i guess for me um, the whole George Floyd thing, it, it just blows my mind. It's like um, that same week, I believe, when George Floyd died, um, there was a black police officer who was choking a teen, a black teenager, right? And no one said anything about that, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like they they have these, these narratives, you know, that they, they really want to sell. And it's the, the, the imagery, you know, seeing is believing, you know, the whole thing and, and, and the indoctrination and brainwashing. It's like, oh, my gosh, there's a picture of a white man with a knee on the black, the back of a black man's uh, neck. We're this is it. We're going with this. He's going to be a freaking the next Martin Luther King, like screw his past or whatever. Right now, this is what happened. And and, and that's what led that emotional seven month, you know, tirade that like destroyed you know half the country you know country's major cities um i feel that it, it's just before anyone got any details on the case they were already rioting and burning things you know they didn't really know what was going on you know i mean they, they literally just you know solved the case or whatever you know like uh, a few months ago and and like uh it's just it's like they needed uh, uh, an image. They needed uh, like an uprising or a reason or excuse, you know. And they and they they found it, you know. They um, people who maybe hadn't had a good off. Maybe they'd been effed over by the system, which is, I mean, everybody is, uh, whatever background you're from. I mean, talk to the Native Americans and try telling you, them, you've been screwed over compared to them. Mm -hmm. Their entire culture is completely destroyed. So. Yeah. It seemed like it was a manipulation of the people who were angry and they needed to vent something. Plus, it was a distraction from COVID, which we won't get too much into COVID. Um, <laughs> but it did seem like a distraction. Did you, Courtney or Muhammad, did you guys notice how when everybody was starting to realize, like, COVID's really not that bad, it would switch the narrative back to the Black Lives Matter uh, protests? And yeah. then when people think of the protests and start thinking like, hey, maybe we shouldn't be burning things down um, or defunding the police is another part. And then it would switch back to COVID and it yeah. kind of flip-flopped the whole summer into the fall. It just went from one narrative to the other to distract the general population. Well, and to use black people as a sort of shield or, you know, a sort of puppet to... More like a shield, I guess, to say, oh, don't, we're doing this in the name of black people, so you can't say shit about it. So it's always something that they can use. And I'm a bad person if I stand up against uh, people rioting, no matter what color they are. If I say, hey, maybe we shouldn't be, um, if you're protesting something like that, that's not peaceful. I'm the bad person. And then I become a racist. I become labeled a racist mm -hmm. just for calling out the actions of people who are not helping their community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
What do um yeah. what do you guys think to so break it down really simply for someone who genuinely like say a British person who posted the black square, who maybe donated something to uh, Black Lives Matter, who is just kind of like they get maybe a quarter of the story and they understand that it's about helping black people. I think this is actually a question that's going to come up. I'm sorry, Gabe. But what would, just in like a nutshell, because I think it's we're going to go more into it because we're going to talk about the leader with all of the three houses in the white neighbourhood, you know, the mansions that she used all the money for. Um, what In a nutshell, what would you tell them it is and also isn't? What, how is their perspective of it wrong, if that makes sense? The Black Square? Um, you just say like, um, Black Lives Matter is a t- Marxist terrorist organization who's out to destroy the black family, and your black square is just some weak-ass virtue signal that doesn't do jack shit, and they stole all your money, and look it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah like, what I would always tell my friends, because I've always been a very fact-driven person, um, there's, there's so much I could say that would make someone think a certain way. But when I show them like, like facts and I show them like, like, like proofs, that's usually when they're like, Oh my gosh, like majority of my friends who are very liberal, who I turned to conservative or to, to support Trump. I was always showing them things. Like when it came to uh, black lives matter, I was like, Oh, you donated to black lives matter. Oh, okay. So you donated to, uh, to, to Joe Biden. You donated to um, like pretty much all the, the it was like, how many how many democrats ran like it was like like 15 20 of them or whatever and he's like what do you mean i was like yeah yeah if you go to you know black lives matter website and you look at the description of where they how they democratized you know um their uh giving or whatever and it it hyperlinks to actblue.com when you go to actblue.com and you look up their 2020 expenditures the top 10 expenditures that they donated to were joe biden and like all the other uh, uh, Kamala Harris, all the other, you know, um, Democratic uh, um, presidential nominees. And he's like, what the heck? I didn't know that. What the frick? And then he's, he, he started off with saying, oh, I uh, bumped the organization, but black lives still matter. Right. And that was like, OK, that, that's a good that's a good start. You know, yeah. and so for me, like like I would just um, show them the uh, the facts, you know, about. Um, the organization initially, you know, the, like the interviews where they're saying like, like, um, like they're saying the, how they're other Marxists. And then the, also another interview where they mentioned that when they say, say their name, say her name or whatever, that they're like conjuring them back from the dead or something. It was like some witchcraft thing. Ooh. And they admitted that, you know, and, and so I just would tell people like, look at this video, look at this video, look at this information re- regarding the Black Lives Matter um, organization, and that's usually where it starts to, to crumble from there on. Mm-hmm. Really good points, both of right. you. Yeah. And it's interesting because if they hadn't been chanting defund the police and maybe um, supporting something like police reform and more training and addressing the causes mm-hmm. that do work, I would have been a lot more supportive of it. The problem is defunding the police, you can also show them crime rates in every single city that defunded the police mm-hmm. and then turned around and gave the police more funding again. Yeah, uh, yeah. For both of you, and then we'll get to we'll we'll keep this is okay. Who's more racist, Donald Trump or Joe Biden? <laughs> Joe Biden. 
in every way, shape, and form. <laughs> and uh, the brainwashed liberals don't seem to, like, if you, so you're talking about showing people facts. And um, I know a few liberals that their brain shuts down as soon as you show a clip of, like, uh, Biden's 1994 crime bill or him him saying Obama was the first civilized black person he's ever met. Yeah. Things like that. Like, and not even, and Joe Biden's not even the worst. Then there's Kamala. She's not even yeah, an African-American. So a lot of interesting things here. She's a hyena. Um, <laughs> you ain't black. Uh, Say what? Oh, yeah. I forgot. You ain't black. You ain't black. Yeah. Yo. I I should have worn your shirt. (laughs) (laughs) That's got to be a shirt. Somebody's got to make a shirt. It is a shirt. I I have it. Oh, Oh, my God. It would have been perfect. It's on the the Donald Trump website. Oh, oh my God. Donald Trump is such a fool. He is. I love him. He is. Um. One of the next things, unless you guys have anywhere you would like to uh, go or talk about, if there are some big things, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot, but if you had something in mind right now, that would be a good time before we get into uh, CRT, more about the agenda or DNC, and who are these people that are running this racism narrative? These are some of the things we'll be getting to. I do have Mm. a question for you both. Again, I'm sorry so many questions um how does defunding the police hurt the black community oh i was just gonna say yeah i live in the hood you know i live like whatever like uh i don't know a couple weeks ago there were like 10 gunshots right outside my bedroom window took the cops it was like three o'clock in the morning took the cops an hour to get there i mean crime has definitely escalated in my neighborhood like as there is gentrification coming in there's still like just so much crime popping off like the carjackings just the robberies shootings like it's crazy crazy i want more cops i would love to have a cop on every block shit well i mean Mm -hmm. you know more cops i mean like you ever had a negative police experience um, I have only had po- very, very, very positive police experiences, and there have been at least one large handful of police experiences. Experience. Maybe two large handfuls, but yeah, no, they've all been good, you know? And even my dad, my dad, like, um, he talks because I like to, like, race around on the freeway or whatever and just have a good time. And he was like, he's always like, stop racing, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you got pulled over at going faster than the helicopter could clock you back in the 90s. And I was like, so if you if that happened to you back in the 90s, like, I can guarantee you, you were not afraid of losing your life. Because if you were, then you would drive the exact speed limit at all times, right? So mm-hmm. since the 90s, even if you watch things like The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, um like the wayans brothers whatever you watch from the 90s like they would all talk shit to cops you know and it was like a funny thing like and yeah i just i really miss that era because that's when we were really having a good time you know Chappelle's show could say the nigger family everyone thought it was funny you know just so much like blatantly like racist shit that really brought us together you know and i just miss like that non-little bitch assness attitude you know yeah Yeah, I mean, I, I had a, uh, actually I had one bad cop, in, uh, um, oh my gosh, like interaction, 
I've actually gotten pulled over a lot when I was in Florida because I used to drive a 1996 Lincoln Town Car with like like limo tents, and so Damn. driving that whoopty, like I would always get pulled over because my tents. And majority of the time, like one officer was like, "Yo, it says I hear that like six times you were warned about these tents." I'm like, "I know, man. <laughs> like, I don't know how to take it off." And he's like, "You know what?" And he like directed me like who I could go to, and I actually got it taken off. But the one time. On my third town car, I, I kept buying these cars like three three in a row. The third one I had didn't have tents, but um, it was an officer. I couldn't even see who he was or what he was because he was in the, the my uh, my back window, and he had his light, his flashlight was like blinding me, right? And he was like, "You got any drugs in the car? You got any 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 weapons in the car?" And I was like, "Hey, I'm pretty sure you sh you're not allowed to be just searching my car with your flashlight like that, you know? Uh, um, do you like?" I was going to speak him and like, like, do you mind telling me why he pulled me over? And he's like, uh, uh, he was getting real aggressive with me and he was being rude and all the stuff. And he was like, just, you know, give me your information, all this stuff. I was like, all right, whatever. He still didn't tell me why. Goes back to his car, comes back and I see he's black. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right, brother, whatever. <laughs> and then he was basically telling me that like, uh, my car fit the description of another car that, uh, was like, like, like robbed someone's house or whatever and told me I can go. But he was just being a, a douchebag, like verbally, like he was disrespectful. Yeah. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And that was before, like, I think that was maybe like 2014. So that was like prior to like the, the, the national, you know, uh, cops are all racist narrative really became like at the forefront. It was there, but it wasn't like as strong as it is today. And so I just remember thinking like, huh, I, I didn't know he was black. You know, but then thinking back, it's like that was the only time I ever had any kind of issue, you know, with the police officer, you know. Yeah. So my my thoughts on cops are a they have a job that I would never, ever, 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 ever do dealing with the scum of the earth every day. Children who are hurt every day. I don't think I could do. I could not do that, period. I could not work hours. They work. Um, I think it's a very noble profession. Can cops be assholes and douchebags? Yes. A pig is a pig is a pig is a pig. I love you until you take our guns if you're a decent person doing out, doing, doing your job, but don't take my guns and don't buckle under tyranny. You know, serve the Constitution rather than your probably pedophile, corrupt boss. You know, I don't know. Just, <laughs> yeah, so me and cops are cool until a certain point, you know? Yeah. Courtney, uh, do you have any ideas on how to improve uh, police officers who are kind of assholes, like the one Muhammad met, because there are, there's assholes everywhere, and some of them um, happen think, to become police. I think that cops should work shorter hours, um, and I think they should um, have like uh, mandatory counseling sessions at the bare mm -hmm. at the bare minimum. I think they are overworked. Um, I think they're overworked, honestly. Yeah. About the maximum. How far could it go? Because I want it to be a safer community for everybody. How much funding, like, what would, uh, what if there was different tiers to training? In Florida, Muhammad, you might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but I know there are certain areas, I think, that only require six months to become a police officer. You know, oh, yeah. My homeboy, he um, was in a police academy because he was a, a, a server at the restaurant I was working at. And he was at a police academy. He he graduated and was was an officer like less than a year. Absolutely, yeah. like it took like no time. This guy was like, uh, um, actually, I think he was still 
volunteering every once in a while, so I would see him and ask him questions and stuff. But like he he graduated pretty quickly. I'm not sure if it was six months, but it seemed relatively right. quick. So a lot you of know, people I was, Oh, go on. Sorry, Courtney. Oh no, I was just gonna say I don't honestly I don't think the police brutality problem is like bigger than the problem of people committing crimes. Like, I think people, like, police should be there to keep the community safe, not be overworked dealing with stabbings, rapes, and shootings. I mean, mm -hmm. that's the real problem. And a lot yeah. of these people aren't really trained or they don't have enough experience to respond to certain calls, or maybe they just got off a traumatic call where they were dealing with things that most normal people can't respond to, but maybe child abuse or something and go on to murder all in one shift and i've seen 19 year olds fresh out of high school go to the police academy and a year later they're out on the street doing patrol and are they really emotionally uh, mature enough to deal with the situations they are so, and I think I, my best, hmm? well my best friend works dispatch for um the county and yeah she talks about her calls or can go from like I got raped to a child calling like my mom is being killed right now so and that's why I say cops have like the mm. hardest job that, that trauma like that has to be there has to be something set up for that because it's too hard to take in yeah right and uh, you mentioned the pedophile police chiefs <laughs> I, we won't go so far into that but uh, there is a big problem with the chain of command and if it's corrupt at the top levels what are the lower levels going to be able to do against their chief? There's not a whole lot. They're going to lose their badge. I, I, um, I just want to jump in and ask a question again. Um, what would you say to uh, a liberal? Let's just say liberal. I, I hate using that because I hate the whole left and right thing now. Somebody who's not really well informed. Let's let's go with that. Who um, said send a social worker to a crime scene rather than a police officer because then they can't shoot anybody what would your response to them be people are actually doing that they're saying that yeah they're, they're saying take the police away and then send out uh, this is a, a big that, that was a big thing they were talking about when they're talking about defunding the police social workers are going to be better more more um helpful in that situation so obviously oh i thought you said that they were already doing that because i remember they were talking about doing that no just just a liberal who says you know this is, might be a great idea let's do this and get rid of the police what would your response I would to ask, be i would ask them if they're fucking five years old <laughs> and if they've ever actually been in a real life situation where you know like where something very very real and traumatic is happening i don't think that any social worker some random person should go into a situation that is potentially dangerous but i do think that those people could help like if they needed you know if like the person was okay and then they needed someone to talk to them then after it's like settled maybe you would have a resource to bring that person in if that person yeah. was willing to talk to a social worker but i don't know like people act like they're fucking five years old like no get it together yeah. you're not gonna send a goddamn social worker into like a crazy ass situation like that it's retarded no I mean, if they have if they had both available and then like once they're done getting arrested or whatever they can talk to them I mean, that's chill. Yeah, well, but it's replacing. like, if it's like a guy <laughs> trying to shoot his girlfriend or like threatening, you know, holding a hostage and then these guys are like, oh, send in a social worker to help him out. 
I don't think <laughs> yeah. that's going to help anyone, but they yeah. genuinely believe that it, it, it's better than a cop because they are pushing this whole this whole police brutality thing and i just wanted to add you said it earlier courtney there are asshole cops like there's assholes everywhere in every job in every sector you can't stop that from happening so but mm. they're only focusing on the the assholes and they're not looking at, at the bigger picture and they do keep keep the community safe the worst thing for me to hear is white people saying defund the police in black neighborhoods and, and, and black communities that makes me feel sick because they have no idea what they're doing to, to those communities yeah. and they don't care because they don't live there right they're safe and yeah. exactly mm -hmm. exactly yeah the only place i ever see black lives matter signs are on white mansions like around the like the lakes that we have up here there's all these mansions, and they all have Black Lives Matter, and, like, nobody in the hood has those signs up except for the white liberals that moved into the hood. Yeah. And all those signs really mean are, please don't break into my house. <laughs> because, like, it's for me, like, for me, like, I was yeah. telling you, like, um, I, for my job, um, I work for this company called Cruise. It's, like, a, a self-driving vehicle company, and I literally drive around San Francisco every day, eight hours a day for a living. Right. I've seen every single corner of San Francisco. And when I'm driving through the Bayview, which is where like it's relatively, you know, I think it's like a, like a really majority black populace in the Bayview district. I've not seen one Black Lives Matter like sign on a house. I've seen like murals or like paintings that someone probably, you know, paid to get put up in the neighborhood to be like, yeah, or I've seen like the painted black lives matter like uh on the streets and stuff like that but none of the houses or cars say black lives matter at all but when i'm going out to these rich liberal you know neighborhoods like in presidio almost every house has like multiple blm in one window or black lives matter or whatever and but another thing is interesting none of them have stop asian hate in the windows you know, and they have um, in their cars, Black Lives Matter. I'm like, that's a nice car. He probably just doesn't want someone to get their reparations, you know, by breaking to his car. <laughs> and that, that's what it honestly feels like. Uh, uh, every time I see that sign, I'm like, that's a really nice house. Mm -hmm. Of course, they'd have that sign up. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, well, alongside the white liberals and with their signs, virtue signaling posting the black square on their instagram and everything else would be crt critical race theory and thoughts on that because the people pushing for it are white liberal teachers yeah like so um i just want to like start off with a little story about uh you know when the dr seuss books got taken off the shelves or whatever Oh, yeah. uh, I work. I work at it actually at an all Asian school, right? And our media center person is this white liberal guy, and he decided that those books should no longer be on the shelves. And so I emailed him. I was like, "Oh, did you make this decision by yourself?" And he was like, "Yeah, I made this decision by myself. Would you like to be on?" He essentially asked, "Would I like to be on a book burning committee for the school?" Of course, I just didn't respond, and I because I, I didn't want to stir the pot. But for me. That to me says that you, as a white man, are telling people of color what they what media they can and cannot consume, as children especially, mm -hmm. you know? Your, their parents have no say in this. I'm like, is that not white supremacy, telling people of color what they can and can't learn? So anyway, that's his, 
that's that's what I feel is his sick, you know, white liberal ideology where it's like, oh, I'm saving you by being the white supremacist I mm. pretend to, right? So it's really <laughs> just like fucked up. Yeah. Um, so critical race theory um, is definitely it definitely depends on the teacher. You know, there are more more level-headed teachers than we might want to believe, right? So um, I haven't, you know, co Common Core curriculum is just trash. I don't know if you've mm -hmm. ever seen Common Core math. It's absolute trash. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to CRT, it, it really depends on the school and the teacher how much, and, and I mean, there are, I mean, most schools are, are liberal. I've worked at a, at least two dozen schools and they're it's mostly liberal but there are more level-headed teachers than you might think but yeah i think critical race theory especially in uh, younger years is extremely extremely damaging you know i think that critical race theory would actually be beneficial if taught within um uh like, like a college um like african-american studies course with many different perspectives i think that that's fine you know whatever that's you know that's what i learned i understand it you know um, it's not necessarily good to be teaching that, but I feel like because I was taught how to think critically, I could think outside of that and understand what was being taught to me. But, um, yeah, yeah for when it comes to like elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, like that has got to stop. I think we should have a more patriotic education and have an education more based on, um, strength, entrepreneurship. Um, so business, civics, finance, politics, what we're teaching in schools is just nothing anyway. So to add critical race theory in is just a detriment on top of that. Can, mm. can you give the, uh, sorry, Gabe. sorry, I was just going to say, can we Don't give like me. an idea? Uh, Cause I think it's quite an American thing, but if there are any British people listening, an idea of what it actually is and what kind of things are taught, it doesn't have to be everything obviously, but like the, the gist of it, just so they have an idea of what it is. Yep. So like, um, for example, if they were teaching, um, We'll we'll go with one we'll go with a couple different examples. So, um, what was the first one I was going to use? Um, if they're teaching about Native American history, white right, they're gonna call they're gonna label that all as just like it was white supremacy that caused this, you know. And that is kind of what we did learn, but it's gonna be like significantly worse than that. So that would be like an exacerbated um, example. Is it's gonna be like everything that happened to native people was because of white people and native people never did anything wrong and they were never at war with mm. each other and never scalped anybody and they never you know <laughs> raped anybody's wife you know all that stuff um like they're like in in my area in the midwest there were norwegian women that had to like kill their babies because they were hiding from native americans you know what i mean like everyone mm -hmm. when those wars were going on everyone was affected mm -hmm. um so if we were looking at um let's look at another aspect of education will say um like say you're learning like economics in high school or something um critical race theory would be embedded into that so it's not like um this is economics and critical race theory says this it's like no it would be like economic concepts and then it would be like and this was created so that black people couldn't blah 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 and this was created because black people were bad oh. so um, it's just really embedding it into the curriculum that already exists mm -hmm. um, and just kind of it they're saying they're looking at it from a critical race theory perspective but it's really just embedded insidiously into the curriculum it's not like an explicitly taught sort of concept it is maybe in colleges and universities but definitely not in like the younger um in like a younger ages it's embedded in mm 
Mm. What it's turning into, Ray, is embedding racism into every aspect as if... So we've heard the term systematic racism or structural racism. I'm not saying there are things that should be changed, but they're embedding that idea of systematic racism as in white people have intentionally done everything they can every single step of the way to make sure African Americans do not um, <clears throat> succeed. And I don't think that's true. I'm also white, so I, I that's why I like talking to you two, Courtney and Muhammad. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't think that's true. I don't think it's, we're making every single, maybe the elitists are, but the general mm -hmm. population, 99.9%, .9 are probably not doing everything. I don't. I think everybody's trying to succeed on their own, and yeah. we're not going to go out of our way to make mm -hmm. sure somebody of a different skin quota doesn't. Um, cool. Right. That's not the general. Can I, yeah. can I touch base on this? Do, please. Go for it. Um, I like to be a realist. Um, half the time I'm arguing with liberals, half the time I'm arguing with conservatives. Because, <laughs> like, for me, like, I'm just a true seeker. You know, I've always been in the middle. I've always been like, okay, that doesn't make sense, whatever. And then, so when people are, you know, spreading the narrative that systemic racism still exists today, post, you know, uh, uh, segregated America and, you know, slavery, slavery or whatever, I was like, you know what, let me actually look into it. Let me actually research it. Because if, if they're saying it's there, there should be evidence of it. And so I started looking into the main aspects that they always tell us about, like like redlining, right? And so redlining is basically like black people, they can't own houses uh, in certain neighborhoods. They can only own houses in these neighborhoods, right? Like this is the only places that black people can live. And then I started looking at, because um, I grew up in Section 8 housing. I grew up in uh, the welfare state. My mom, she was a single mom with four kids. She was a woman who absolutely needed it, you know? But when I was a kid growing up, I remember... My mom would be crying for weeks trying to find a nice area for us to move because all the places in Section 8 housing that they had available for us were, were in Fort Lauderdale, which is also called Fort Liquordale, um, Pompano, which is, you know, really bad. They would call it Pompton. It was a really bad area when I was a kid. And then my mom, we got so blessed and we were able to move to Coral Springs, which is like one of the safest neighborhoods in the country, right? And so I looked at that at the, at the beginning of the whole uh, my research on is systemic racism really a thing if you look at majority of the places where section 8 housing is available it's in the hood they absolutely are using the welfare state to cause an act of systemic racism there's no law that's you know forcing black people to live there but they understand our situation and they 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 definitely uh um have those neighborhoods uh available for black people uh, deliberately and um it's scary seeing that and then even further looking into it i started researching like uh like property taxes and how they um fund schools and liberals are the ones that made it a law in most uh uh counties it's not it's not like that in san francisco but most counties to where you can only go to school in your district right and so if you're in a really poor neighborhood and your property taxes are providing the money that's funding that school, and you can only go to that school because that's your district. You have no free, you know, uh, uh, school choice. So of course you're going to be having a fairly bad, poorly funded school you're going to, you know. And and then, um, then in the same way, you know, a lot of liberals they they are against charter schools, which are very, you know, um, they've proven to be great for kids to have uh, to graduate. 
charter schools are very successful in, in black neighborhoods and like uh, underprivileged, you know, neighborhoods, as well as school vouchers. Like Democrats are against it. So the more and more I was looking into it, systemic racism does exist, but from the Democrats. Like every aspect of it that I could possibly find was from the Democrats. And I, I actually went against it. I was like, I actually put a post up like a while ago saying like, oh, systemic racism, racism doesn't exist. And then I was like, you know what? It actually does, but it's from the left. And they're yeah, the same right. ones that enslaved us. They're the same ones that segregated us, the same ones that, that caused uh, 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 the KKK. And even Woodrow Wilson, when he created that one book, uh, uh, was it the, um, hey, it was a book he, 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 he published that basically was, talking about American history and he left all, all, um, people out of it, you know, not even, um, uh, Frederick Douglass was in his book. And so he's the one that really, uh, uh, created the, the, the mindset of the whole white supremacy in, in America, uh, Woodrow Wilson. And he's also the one that, you know, started the, you know, federal reserve and all that stuff. That's a whole nother, you know, uh, uh, mess, but majority of the aspects of what's been holding our people back, has been from the left, as well as this victimhood mentality, you know, um, and the enablements, you know, of like, uh, um, uh, what's it called again? A, a affirmative action. It's like, oh, you're not smart enough to get the grades you need to get to qualify for the school. And so it puts the bar lower, you know, and they put all these um, abortion clinics in our neighborhoods, these liquor stores, gun, uh, uh, they, they, they create the system that holds us back not from a legality standpoint we can get up we can rise and overcome but they want to keep us in that victimhood mentality so we can still fall victim to what they were doing before the civil rights acts you know uh um were passed but in today they want to keep us in mental slavery right so even like when it comes to you know them saying that there's systemic racism when it comes to voter id laws or something like that i just think that's so offensive to all the people that actually got their heads blown off or bricks thrown through their windows so they couldn't vote so yeah that whole mm -hmm. victimhood mentality and trying to create more systemic racism or at least the idea of it when it doesn't actually exist in that way is very fucking offensive like mm -hmm. have you have you seen that video mm. where um they're interviewing people in the street about it and all the white people were saying things like oh black people don't have access to the internet so they can't <laughs> yeah get or they can't get ease and all that shit yeah i was like damn you think we ain't shit huh it's, <laughs> it's literally all projection they say that you know the people on the right side or whatever like free, free thinkers even are the racist and it's always the, the the left side that say the most racist shit and i'm like how do you get away with that just because you got blm in your profile like what the fuck like how do you do it yeah yeah uh, just uh, i was just gonna ask one more question wasn't there some argument about um okay sorry sorry about systemic racism um so in general african-american communities so you mentioned school districts and how you have to go to that school district and it has different funding based on what grades people get. The same districts generally have higher noise pollution. And with higher noise pollution, it's harder to focus in school and kids test lower. Not only that, they have lower um, 
funding. So the teachers probably aren't corrupt. And uh, about the Democrats, you know about the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, right, Courtney? How uh, that was all abolishing slavery and voting rights, but it was all Republicans that actually voted for them. Like 94%, like, and the Democrats kind of ignore that. They don't talk about that. They don't talk about things that uh, look bad on their history or their resume. And so we were talking about history and how we should teach children critical race theory or in university. I don't think we should be leaving out the bad things America has done. Uh, and then if we're going to talk about the bad things America has done, actually trace it back to the CIA or um, where it actually comes from instead of just saying, yeah, we had a war, banana republic wars. No, we actually took over multiple countries and implemented mm-hmm. our own democracy that was pretty much controlled by us. And, mm-hmm. and, and stop brushing over and generalizing <laughs> actually teach kids the real history of the u.s like we haven't done all great things but we're Mm. trying to be better yeah yeah okay yeah the woodrow wilson thing i mentioned was what really killed me um about the whole narrative of america i was watching this um documentary um actually i'm not sure it was a documentary if it was like a pastor who was talking about it um i'll send it to you guys if you want um basically he was going off about these historical figures, uh, uh, these black men who I've never even heard of, right? Like one of them was like a pastor and he went to like Native Americans. They're basically going to kill him. And he was just praying and praying and praying. And they're like, uh, why aren't you afraid? Why aren't you this? And he started telling them about Jesus and he converted the, the, the guard to Christianity. And then the guard was like, hey, I can't kill this man, you know? And then they, they took him to the chief and the chief was like, oh, we're going to kill you. And the chief is like, huh, who is this? This G Christian, and then he turned the whole tribe into Christians, and then he was like, "You need to tell the other tribes, but I'm gonna send my biggest chief to go with you, so they don't kill you, basically." And I'm like, "I've never heard of this, you know." And, and it was just this miracle, and this guy was going off about these Christian uh, uh, black leaders who were even leading churches with white people in the north, you know. And, and he was going off about the the history that Woodrow Wilson himself completely left out um, and, and paved the, the narrative that it was only white people, you know, in the, in the past that, that, that really existed. And, 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 and even the history of how slavery is perceived. Port, uh, uh, Portugal never gets criticized for slavery. They're the ones that started it. The Dutch never get, you know, criticized. They're the ones that provided the boats, you know. Um, but if you look at the, the transatlantic uh, slave trade, um, uh, I guess it's like a document that shows like all the recorded, you know, uh, voyages or whatever, right? Uh, majority of them were going to Brazil. I was like literally going through, it was like 31,000 entries. And I went through like the first like 2,000. And I'm like, majority of them, off, uh, probably like 90% were going to Brazil, you know, from the Portuguese. And and America, we were the first ones to um, like the North. I think it was like 1804 or 1806, they, they outlawed it. You know, they were the, the pioneers of, of ending uh, slavery. Everyone else practiced it, you know. and um, But Portugal, they never get criticized. And, and, and even the history of um, Native Americans. It's like if you look at, there's also the same way I found the, the American transatlantic slave trade um, list. There's also a list, 
I found of all the wars you ever had in this country and, and skirmishes or whatever, all in the beginning, the majority of the wars that we had, it was uh, a European, you know, colon, colony like the, like the French or British, Spanish, whatever, joining with another Native American tribe fighting their enemy, another Native American tribe. Majority of the time, it was always a Native American with a European uh, group killing and fighting their, their, their opposition, you know, because they were doing this or they're doing that. And most people don't even know about that. Most people think that it was just Europeans that came here and were just, just murdering them, giving them smallpox blankets the whole time. But it was actually a joint effort because a lot of the Europeans were, were, were trying to get like supplies, whatever, like, like, um, what are they called? Like when you kill an animal and you take the skin, uh, uh I forgot what it's called. Oh, um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Sorry, I can't remember yeah. either. Yeah, whatever Gens that is, or, they were so. they were doing that trade, and they were like, oh, 10 or 15 of our men are getting killed by these Native Americans. And then they asked their, you know, ally, Native American group, could you help us with this? Like, could you, like, like guide us through the proper channels or tell us uh, who they are or how to, how to, how to, like, defend ourselves against them? And they were you know glad to do it you know they made trade with them they gave them guns they gave them horses they gave them all these things there were american um uh groups or tribes but then it was their opposing tribe that they went to war with this is a, a big uh, uh aspect of our uh foundational history that has been left out i personally blame woodrow wilson that if we taught it um people would think like whoa like we're not all just a big racist history, you know, like a, a country. Um, just to kind of give like a better um, balanced through perspective of, of the origin, you know, this nation. Yeah. I, I feel like we need to do an episode of history with Muhammad, to be honest. Like, I didn't know any of that. <laughs> I, it was really good. Muhammad, have you uh, heard about Morris? Morris, Morris. Morris, M O O R. M O O R I. I'll send no. you a link. Okay. We'll get into that another time. It's a. It, it's exactly what you're talking about, but it's actually a part of history. It they just. Um, it's not in the textbooks, but it's a big part of history mm. that kind of got erased. Mm. Anyway, okay, oh, I, I probably know what it is, but I probably don't know the name. Uh, Morris. I just. <laughs> uh, just, uh, just before we move on. Uh, you know all the good stuff that we were talking about um, the Republicans did way back when in terms of like abolishing and all of that. What do you say when people use the uh, the reasoning that the party switched or something? They're always like, <laughs> they're always like, oh, the party switched over. It, it wasn't Republicans. It was actually the Democrats. And you know, so many people do not know that the KKK was started by the Democrats. Yeah. I would just say, do you really think that rich white government leaders are going to take the time over what they say, like a hundred years or less to like go and switch some shit? No, like old school and old school racist is an old school racist and they will never change. Like Joe Biden, he is an old school type of racist. So no, they no, they weren't going to change anything. They love it. Yeah. And the only thing that they did change is they changed their, um, ideologies like for example the republicans they were progressive 
when it was really important in this nation for them to be progressives because they needed the inclusion of black people. They needed the, the, uh, to end slavery, you know, and so they were progressive at that time, you know, um, but once the Democrats saw the political, um, I guess, gain they can get from being progressive post, you know, um, civil rights movement, they manipulated it and they, and they they bastardized it. When the Republicans were like, okay, we finally ended. Well, we finally kept our promise that was in the you know the de- Declaration of Independence. You know, we finally kept our promise. We 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 you know everything that Martin Luther King was saying about the promise. You know, and now we're at a good place to where we can move forward. We need to hold on to where we are now. And then they became the Republicans became more conservative because they want to conserve. You know what they had finally reached you know like to be more progressive than they were at that time would would, would cause issues hold on one second <laughs> it'd be so funny if it was a cop like what are you doing oh. in there have you got weapons in there you got drugs no, in i there? just <laughs> i just caught my neighbor throwing her trash in my trash i was wondering i'm like huh this this trash can is a lot fuller than it needs to be it must be a white. No, it, it must no. be a white person. It must be a white person. <laughs> no, no, she's Mexican. But, <laughs> man, sorry. Um, but what was I saying? I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> totally. Talking about uh, the pro- right progressiveness. About how there's a time and place for keeping conservatism. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so, I believe that um, they felt the Democrats felt. They had to push the progressiveness even further, right? To for their own political advantage. They don't care about black people. They don't care about gay people. They don't care about anyone, really. You know, like like they just know that oh, they can get votes. Um, oh, illegal immigrants. Uh, let's send them all here so we can get their votes. You know, and uh, um, it's like Malcolm X said, like they're they're the fox. You know, they want to pretend to be your friends. You know, yes. uh, and they're usually the ones that wind up being the, the lamb chop because you don't suspect them at all. You know, at least he was even honest back then. He was saying that the Republicans, when they were doing it, they were being the wolves. They weren't being shy about it, you know, um, back then. And and so the the um, the Democrats, um, they did change their their they did change to become more progressive, but in a time where it wasn't needed and in a time in which they really were, were abusing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to mention, yeah. I was going to mention that quote a little bit earlier about how it was like, you know, the Fox smiles at you and, and you know, you make friends with the Fox and then they just fuck you over in the end. And that's what he said about, about the liberals. Yeah. Yeah. But where yeah. we at, where we at Gib? where we at with the questions? Are we, well, I think that it's same thing. Muhammad and Courtney have been giving great lead-ins to the next topic, and that would be the agenda and how, where Muhammad left off, the agenda seems to take advantage of the weakest group or the weakest mindset of people and use that to their own uh, agenda, narrative, where they want to take that. And right now we're seeing the agenda, but is there an end game? Do you think, well... I, I don't know. The, basically, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this entire agenda that we're seeing unravel in the last 18 months. If you see an end game, if you see their next move, 
Um, we've seen it go to LGBTQ extended community. We've seen it go to virtue signaling with different... It used to be the black square. Now it's, um, I got the vaccine. Uh, so it's always some, they're taking advantage of different groups who aren't informed. I don't think they're not educated. They might not just have time, but they're definitely uninformed or unaware. So what's going on with the agenda that you've seen? And what result. are their next... I would just say that this is more of like a culling of stupid people. I mean, it sounds really bad. I don't know. Like, if you're too dumb to know not to get the vaccine, then you're dumb enough to let it kill you. I mean, I, there's, you know, the information is there, and there are people shouting it from the rooftops. I mean, that is what it is. I mean, I, I believe in the whole transhuman agenda where, you know, gender is, like, not a thing, and they're trying to make humans smaller and just, like, get energy off of us or whatever and, like, monitor our brain waves and, and you know, rape our kids and all that shit. That's what I think. So, I mean, this is just part of it. You know, this is just, like, leading up to a race war that will, you know, if that happens or whatever false flag happens, it's going to be the excuse for, like, some sort of economic collapse, just like COVID was. So, I mean, there, yeah, and then there's the whole, like, fear aspect with COVID. They just, you know, want everyone to be, as far as I, you know, I... There's a lot. I won't go that far, but they just yeah. want everyone. They're slaves. We call it slaves. Courtney, um, this one was all supposed to be about um, the narrative of African-American or any ethnicity in the U.S., but I feel like there's a lot more we could be talking about with you. Yeah, we've got history lessons with Muhammad, and then we've got, we've got COVID with Courtney. It's like, CC. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, Mohammed, what what about you? Where do you think it's gonna go? Where the agenda is going? What do you think? Well, I have like a million things to say on this one, so I gotta <laughs> try to keep it short. Um, but okay, okay, okay. All right, I'll start with this. Um, remember, I told you how I was a Christian and a Muslim growing up. I didn't really know what was God or who was God or whatever. Um, I was really blessed. She just threw more trash in our... I'm sorry. <laughs> Bro! Sorry. So um, uh, I, I was really blessed with having that um, at such an early age because I wasn't really uh, taught outside of that situation how to think for myself. Right? And so, as a, a, an effect, finding Jesus, you know... I started finding questions in the Bible, like, oh, how did these animals get in the ark? How did, you know, you know, all these things happen? So I started questioning the Bible, but then God was showing me the answers, right? In the same way, in school, when I would hear evolution, evolution, I'm like, eh, but that's a theory, though. Why Why are you selling that like it's a fact? You can't You can't give me an equation based off of a 4.5 billion year model if that's a theoretical. You know, you can't tell me that uh, this happened in a very literal form. I would even question, uh, during tests, I would tell my teachers, hey, this is a theory. Why are you asking me this question like it's fact? You know, and then that was me like in middle school, high school. I was always a kid who was debating everyone. I would like roast the debate team. You know, I, I would be used as like practice for them. I would like, they'll come to me and I would just go off. And so my whole point is the indoctrination where we are now, this is like like maybe like a third leg in their plan, right? They wanted kids to not know how to think for themselves. 
Um, they wanted kids to all have the same homogenous, you know, uh, critical thinking, right? Like, oh, this person of authority told me this, and now I trust them because I was taught to trust them. My teacher's never wrong, you know? And so um, kids just would sit down and submit, you know? And it was always disturbing because uh, I have a, a condition called low latent inhibition, which is very similar to that of uh, ADHD. My brain works on like a very high, like, like functioning, like uh, frequency. I'm constantly. Perfect note, just to remind you to get to the actual answer to the question. Uh, He's getting yeah, on yeah, that yeah. perfect note of ADHD. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, right. And, and so, and so, uh, um, for me, um, I hyperanalyze all these details, right? And 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 I and I see, you know, the deception and everything that they're, that they're trying to. Um, uh, get us to right they want everyone to think the same way they want everybody to to um be brainwashed and so conform, conform and or else. yeah or else and no one ever questions what's happening because they're not taught to question what's happening you know and so um where we are now with covid if it wasn't for 9 11 which you know led to the patriot act we wouldn't have the uh um the current um, how to explain? Like bypasses that they allow to to get this vaccine pushed out as as much as they did. You know, so they're yeah, yeah. The, the indoctrination. Yeah, you're right on about all of this. So, um, just try staying focused on the. So, what's the next agenda? And you're you're hitting right next to the nail. Like it's right there. The indoctrination of children. So the next generation. The fear-mongering that they're brainwashing children to experience with a mask and a virus. These kids are too young to really look at the research. They're not being told by anybody. The media's control of the information. Yeah. 20 years from now, they're going to have trauma from having to wear a mask outside or else they'll get killed by some invisible virus. Yeah. And not just that, they're going to think that anybody who didn't take the vaccine is... Uh, of racist who wants to kill everybody because they didn't want the vaccine or, or different yeah. types of mental indoctrination. Same thing with nine 11. Uh, it's, it's all trauma based from a young age and our generation. I think we're all roughly, I'm a little younger than you guys, but we're all roughly in the nineties generation. Um, mm. we've been indoctrinated since the seventies and sixties with the CIA and MK ultra and the media. Yeah. Um, Operation Mockingbird. So mm -hmm. a lot of our generation has already experienced this indoctrination to mainstream media. This is just the next wave. And somehow the four of us woke up to what is going on. That doesn't mean they're done with it. And that doesn't mean everybody's woken up. So they're going to take advantage, in my eyes, of everybody, every narrative they can until it either collapses, oh. which I think it will. I don't think it's going to last. Or they succeed in what they're trying to do. Yeah, um, and they're using everything they can: racism, LGBTQ, um, actual yeah. children, everything. The vaccines, medical, everything. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think that um, when it comes to um, oh crap, sorry, I was listening, I was hearing what you were saying, and I actually brain farted. Like, uh, yeah, you had like a little bit yeah. left to finish off with. Yeah. Oh no, no, you good? Let's um. See. But you were wait, wait wait what was the last thing you were saying? I'm sorry because I I heard you but then like completely brain farted. <laughs> um, they're using every narrative available to them. 
to oh, okay 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 all right now i remember all right so um what happened in um 9-11 led to the Patriot Act, which led to uh, COVID, right? People think this is the end-all, be-all, right? Where, like, oh, they're giving us this vaccine, this and do this and do that. I don't think this vaccine is going to alter our DNA. I don't think this vaccine is going to do anything, you know, like, uh, uh, extremely harsh. But it just allowed them to pass uh, right. experimental nanotechnology, mRNA, you know, vaccines. And then now they're saying, oh, there's a variant. You know, and then the, they're going to push another vaccine. Uh, it's all like a slow phase. You know, it's probably going to be 10, 15 years until whatever the heck they're actually planning is going to come to fruition. But it's all happening slowly in stages. So we're going to be the ones that that know, OK, you know, microchips and, you know, uh, um, DNA altering and stuff like that. We understand that now, but we're too early. Yeah. Like they're not even at that stage yet in their plan. Um right. And people are just going to, people are going to trust this mRNA vaccine now, right? Because there are people dying, there are side effects happening, but it's not at a high enough uh, uh, stage for people to really doubt it, you know, openly. Uh, and I feel that that's going to be their next goal sometime in the near future. And uh, so, yeah, that's, I'll leave it there because otherwise I'll just keep talking. Yeah, we, we are like, <laughs> we are ahead of the curve massively and it's, it's, surreal to see like just as an example at the gym not yesterday uh, i've been telling people there that it's killing people people are having strokes people uh having you know going blind and then the coach comes in and he's like hey hey ray ray i need to tell you something and i was like okay and he's like i had two people at the class this morning and they said that they're one of their closest friends well one was a firefighter at age 33 and um he's had a stroke from his second jab and he said and another person has said that his 30 year old best friend has had a stroke from his second jab and he's in a stroke unit and I'm like stood there and he's telling all the people in the class that are not like me and I felt like it's kind of like out of body experience seeing them actually all discuss it together like but why does it take people to, why does it take people having to die or have strokes for you to fucking realise that's what annoys Those me. Are stupid. <laughs> I love well, that's stupid. the same. That's the same way things that they exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just tired of pretending like people aren't stupid. You know, if you're fucking stupid, you're fucking stupid. Yeah, you, know, you can't help them. Yeah, we can't help them. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, I was thinking about that too. That's the same wavelength in which they were taught to think. Because what happened with George Floyd? Black man died. Be very afraid. Hate everyone. And then all of a sudden, boom! Another person and die oh my gosh like they, it's kind of working against them they they train them on what to wake up to what to be aware of yes. and i feel like it's at the end of the day bite them in the butt yeah agreed courtney you, you mentioned too that you the way it all went down is actually how you started realizing the narrative didn't you yeah, so, you know, I hadn't, I knew about, like, 9-11 and stuff, and so, and I knew about, like, child, like, like, child problems in, in Hollywood and stuff, but it wasn't until I realized how ravenous the people that I identified with were about abortion that, like, I flipped out, I started to believe in Jesus Christ again because... And it was this more like epiphany that he is the save, the salvation for uh, the most innocent in society. And so that's kind of 
that was a whole thing. But then it was like, and then Joe Biden was up there doing the debate, and I was like, this nigga looks like he eats babies. What the fuck? <laughs> and then COVID happened, and I was like, who was that crazy motherfucker that was talking about 9-11 all those years ago? And I was like, oh, yeah, Alex Jones. So, and I don't want to, like, promote InfoWars or be like, oh, I'm all about InfoWars, but I mean, it's, I mean, man, I miss Alex. I mean, there's some of the shit he says that, like, my life is so enriched because of how fucking funny he is. But, yes. I mean, you know, just like looking at that whole side of the agenda and understanding, you know, kind of where Trump was coming from and this whole other aspect, um, that was all really kind of how it unraveled for me. Because I was, I was like, fuck COVID. I know the government tried to fuck me over, over before. So this can't be right. I was like, this shit cannot be right. So I had to find out something. Yeah. Right on. Oh, wow. Brilliantly said. Uh, Ray? Do you have somewhere to no, go? No, no. Okay. Well, then, I, it is the outro um, and final questions or topics, because I already know that there is, like, oh, my gosh, so many topics we could go into, and <laughs> Hollywood and the vaccine and uh, the narrative. Um, but this one is based around your experience in America as a darker melatonin human being where you're just another human being i've never judged anybody except by their character and both of you seem awesome um Thanks. and uh, initial uh, final thoughts um yeah like how, how do we get out of this mess that we're in or oh and courtney your book that's yes. another really important final talking note that i'd love to hear Thanks, you guys. Um, well, yeah, I'll just like promote it right now. It's called White Solidarity. Oops, fuck fragility with the the, the U is an asterisk. Robin D'Angelo wrote this shitty comic, commie book, communist book called White Fragility. It basically talks about how white people are born bad, born racist, born fucked up, all this and that, you know, whatever. Um, and so mine is basically just like, it's kind of like my Instagram stories throughout the years or throughout the last year. Um, it just talks a lot about the riots and um, how much more sinister it is um, to, like, burn down my neighborhood in the name of, like, love um, rather than just doing it yourselves. Um, so I dedicated it to my mother and then I dedicated it to the over 750 officers and countless peaceful citizens, including precious and innocent children that have been made to feel afraid, were injured, killed, and had their livelihoods destroyed by the reckless behavior of anarchists those who know truth see you we hear you we care it's also dedicated to diet woke leftist leftists and progressives members of clan tifa their supporters their funders their sympathizers don't worry it's an easy read there are already flames on it so you don't have to burn it you can do this <laughs> it's kind of hard to find on amazon so you have to click like books and then maybe like paperback and english or something so like it's not like well promoted at all i really haven't sold that many copies just to like you know my small circle of friends and like a few others so it's kind of pricey just because the printing was so expensive but i'll try to get um i'm trying to get like cheaper bulk books printed and hopefully you know i want this to be a kind of book that they take when the communists come and bust down your door i want them to take this <laughs> <laughs> this to be illegal material. 
Can you hold it up to the camera real quick so I can yeah. get the... Okay, I love it. I'm going to be ordering probably a few copies, and I'm going to leave Same. them on coffee shop table. Uh, thank Ooh. you. That's so... Yes. Yeah, so I want to get a bunch printed just to, like, leave them at people's houses. Um, again, I want to get them printed much cheaper, so watch out for that because I'll probably be able to do that. Um, and, yeah, I just want to get them out there so, like, they can be left on people's doorsteps. The back says, relax, Karen, because you know somebody's going to be reading it. <laughs> She's going to be like, what the fuck? It says... Relax, Karen. It's not what you're thinking. You're probably seeing a white person reading this book. Don't worry. It's not a white supremacist book. It's about solidarity with everyone, mostly geared toward white liberals because you people have some serious issues to work out. Instead of confronting the stranger, reading this book in anger, always a bad move. Maybe you should ask the person reading this book for info on how to get a copy or buy theirs. Maybe they'll give it to you for free. Read it twice and pass it on. And no, a white person didn't write it because I know you're wondering. So <laughs> it's really, I mean, it's a troll book. Uh, my favorite page is this one. I did an outline of this meme where this like lazy, slovenly liberal was like sitting on a bench with a BLM shirt on. And it just says, don't let this be you. <laughs> Incredible. So, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> So, so on Amazon, everybody, White Solidarity. Mm -hmm. Check it out. By yeah. Yeah. I don't Hello. even know what I put as the author. I think it's like Anonymous Black. I think that's what the author is. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you can find me on Instagram at free.black.batriot. B A E T R I O T. So, yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, what's your handle? If you want anybody to know, your, your well, Instagram. Well, it's my name. So it's Muhammad underscore. Um, my last name is Ibn Rakib, so it's it's weird. It's like M U H A M M A D underscore I B N underscore R A Q I B. I'll I'll make so sure. It's Muhammad. To, yeah, I'll put it in the up below the video and everywhere so yeah. that it, people can follow you and you know come and chat okay. to you. Because um, yeah, I found well, me and Courtney have uh, followed each other for a while. But I found Mohammed in the comments of Black Label and Cook's profile, and you were talking about how you fucking hated affirmative, affirmative action. You like, like, like you're telling me I'm fucking stupid and all of this. And I was just like, dude, I've got to get him and Courtney together. <laughs> it's just like the perfect thing. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. It's been amazing. Really good. Yeah. Oh, thanks for having us. It was really fun, honestly. Like, yeah. Awesome sauce. Gabe, have you got anything else to add? I'm just so glad you guys joined. You both had so much to say. I've learned a lot from both of you. Uh, Muhammad, history, and uh, Courtney, I'd love to get into the Hollywood side of things because there's a lot more to be said there. Well, but otherwise, yeah. thanks for being yeah. I really appreciate you joining. We'd happy to have yeah. you both back, so anytime. Yeah, anytime, anytime. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, awesome. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Oh yeah. Thank you.